last time on Oz Hour. Okay, last time on Oz Hour, little Dorothy Gale becomes a princess and realizes she's in Oz and she doesn't want to go nowhere else. And that's what she does. And her and Ozma do their little thing. And Ozma's like, okay, time to bring your little auntie and your little uncle uh, to Oz. And she's like, oh, right now? Okay. And she bloops them into Oz and their little dishwashing garments and they just are absolutely startled and they hate it and they're not happy about it and then we go to the fucking Guff Guff Professor or not Professor General Guff and he uh, goes to the Whimsies and the Whimsies uh, he is like join our army to defeat Oz ha 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 and he's all like okay now I need to go to another place to do that but then we go back to Oz again to have Aunt M and Uncle Henry wander around and talk to the lion and talk to other people and be confused and put on lots of nice little garments as well and then we go back to uh general guff and then he goes to the oh my god the gallowags the gallowags i think gallo gallopoodles or gallo something and they just torture him poke him prod him do everything horrible but then they're like oh you know what we are going to join you and your little army and we're going to take it take it over over the gnome king as well and be the most powerful ha 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 and that's where we end Wow, that was difficult. Hi there, and welcome to Oz Hour, the only place where you can hear everything you never knew about the wonderful and strange land of Oz. That's right. With the help of some alcohol, we will be discussing each of the 14 books in L. Frank Baum's Wizard of Oz series. Today, we will be continuing with Book 6, The Emerald City of Oz, covering chapters 9 through 11. (gasps) 9 through 11. We're your hosts, Blake, Trick or Treat, Stone. And Wyatt Spooky Swangum. And joining us as always is our resident Oz initiate, Hannah. Happy Halloween. Agiri. Goblins. (laughs) (laughs) I got confused because I thought I was going to say my name and I was like, Hannah Goblin. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah Goblin. That was like the only thing coming to mind. (laughs) Um, Hannah just played last time on where she recapped the chapters that we covered last time on Oz Hour. Hannah, that took you about a minute and 34 seconds to cover. And honestly, I could have been a lot pickier about what you missed, but I liked how quick you got through that. So the only things I'll point out is that Dorothy was always a princess in Oz. I mean, Ozma made her a princess books and books ago, which is why Aunt Em and Uncle Henry were allowed to come. Also, after the whimsies, General Guff goes and meets with the Growlywogs who pluck his beard and prick him with needles. Growlywogs. But it is the Grand Gallopoot of the Growlywogs, oh, which that's... I think you said Gallopoots. She said poodles. Gallopoodles. Oh, uh, okay. And I was like, wait, where'd that come from? I around? knew, that yeah. Sense. Now you got it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, well, as always, before we started recording, Wyatt went ahead and whipped up some cocktails. So tell us what we'll be having, boo-boo-boy, baby-boy, boo-boo-boo. Tonight, we will be drinking the Back to School Special, which is a heated cider drink. It should be pretty good. I haven't tasted it because I never do. What do you guys think? Let's slurp. All right. Mmm. <laughs> Visit ozhourpodcast.instagram.gov. Whiskey. Very whiskey heavy, but it's actually, for being whiskey heavy, I like it. Tis the season. Normally I don't. God bless. 
Chapter 9. How the Wogglebug Taught Athletics. So since Dorothy had been to the Emerald City several times, she had a very easy transition into living there full time. <laughs> on him and Uncle Henry, on the other hand, very difficult time adjusting. But like everyone's really good to them. Ozma especially. Less kind of the problem, though, is they're like, okay, all we do is dress in insane costumes and we never work or do anything. And they're getting like pretty like, I feel like depressed. It's like when you have like a long weekend, but you don't really have anything to do. And so you're just sitting quietly at home and you're like, oh, yeah. I, I actually COVID. need to do something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is their COVID. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, Anam literally tells Dorothy, she's like, I'd be happier if they would at least let me do some of the dishes after dinner. Like, let me clean my own apartment. Don't come in and clean my apartment. Let me yeah. clean up after myself, you know? Yeah, she uh, needs a purpose. Yeah. It's it's hard. And like Uncle Henry like tries to go out and feed the chickens and Belina's like, You're feeding them between meals. Don't do that. And he's like, God damn it. Like he didn't yeah. know it would be this hard I mean, to it's be a, royal. It's a catch twenty two. Yeah. Because like being rich and having everything you want isn't all it's cracked up to be. It's yeah. kind of like a, a champagne problem, you know? Mm-hmm. Very yeah. So. yeah. Very champagne problem. Dorothy's starting to get worried about her aunt and uncle because she's like, shit, like they're getting depressed rest so she goes and talks to Ozma about it right thing to do mm-hmm. yeah um Ozma's super understanding she tells Dorothy she's like okay hey I'll think of some light tasks to give on him and Uncle Henry like we'll why can't they just give them a farm just yeah. the, give them land thing. Dorothy's first idea made a lot of sense give them a farm in the munchkin village yeah, yeah. let them just go live their life they would be happier that way they I don't think. need to be the royalty Ozma wants to be like close with Dorothy like she wants Dorothy to be a princess so like I can understand her wanting to be like let's try and make it work like this yeah. you know she the came on kind of strong the princess's family should also be royalty yeah it also like, reflects maybe weirdly on Ozma if the princess's family lives on a farm like yeah. I can kind of see that Ozma's being like weirdly aggressive about image in this book and I really don't understand why because that's not who I know her to be but yeah. like hey yeah let's give it a try um so she tells Dorothy, like, hey, I'll think of something for them to do. While I'm trying to figure that out, why don't you take your aunt and uncle on a tour of the land of Oz? Take them to meet all the curious people in this land. All so the, like, quote, odd corners of the land of yeah. Oz. And I'm like, there's so many odd corners. Yeah. They're going to be gone for a goddamn They're year. They're going on a three-week road trip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's someone, there's a whole town with donkey heads. Yeah, well, that's yeah. outside. Well, that of wasn't Oz. even in Oz. Oh, I guess that's but true. Still, God, just wait, because there's weirder things in oh. this book that they're gonna see. Ultimately, Dorothy loves the idea. Yeah. Um, Ozma decides she's like, hey, she she's Wyatt on on a trip. She's like, yeah. I'm gonna build a map. I'm gonna build an itinerary. You're gonna know exactly where you need to be and when, honey. You're gonna know where you're gonna eat. Um, and so she puts together this entire plan for their trip. Next morning after breakfast, as usual. Uh, everything's ready for their departure. They receive an escort made up of Ombi Ambi. Remember him? I do. He used to be a private. Now he's the Captain General, baby. Yep. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and yeah. he rules the Army of Oz. He has a big, like, well, he has a tall stature. He has a really pretty uniform. He has a big, fierce mustache, but he's very gentle because yeah. there's no fighting in Oz, apparently. Yeah. His but fingernails look great. Yeah. <laughs> Polished. Um, Clean. 
but the wizard and the shaggy man are like hey can we come and dorothy's like yeah yeah she's like i guess it's a fucking party now man orthy so. gave them a wet or orthy yeah it was like awesome orthy <laughs> <laughs> it was like Ombi Ambi Dorothy Ozma. Um Ozma provided them a wagon that was pulled by the sawhorse. And since Sawhorse is Ozma's favorite steed, Dorothy's like, oh shit, like this is nice. Like she yeah. set us up. It's interesting though. Something I thought about in because it was like, oh, like Dorothy knew that she was highly favored because she got the sawhorse. But I'm like, it makes me wonder. How do people usually get taken from one place to another? They don't know horses. They don't have horses. I mean, they could have ox. Oxen were like a common, like, you know, steed to have pull you. Winged but monkeys. Maybe that's <laughs> it. Maybe. Yeah. Before their enslavement was ended, they just strapped them onto a harness and then wheeled them around. You can have seven tiny piglets pull you. Oh, my God. I think you would need more than seven. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a big question, though. I don't think we can answer it now, no. but everyone should be thinking. That just seems how like, would that work? Yeah. That seems like one of those forgotten bombisms, you know? Yeah. yeah. Little bombism. Um, but Dorothy, M and Henry, the wizard, Ombi, Ambi, they all pile into the wagon just as they're about to leave. Belina comes in. She's like, can I come too? And Dorothy's like, yeah, come on. So Belina Belina jumps up on the dash of the wagon and that's our gang. This is who we're traveling with. And of course, Toto, but he doesn't talk. Also, Belina is wearing her pearl necklace and three bracelets on each leg because she was like, I actually showed everybody these this morning and now I wear them. And actually, that's me when I go shopping. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm wearing these now. (laughs) Like, do you recall from the book, did it say how long they had, how long Uncle Henry and Aunt M had been in Oz? Um, It didn't say, but based on what we've read so far in the first eight chapters, I think they've probably been there for like two and a half days. Two and a half days? Like, I think they got there in the afternoon of one day, and they've been there for two full days since, and this is the morning of their third day. They're already so distressed about not having to do anything. That oh, Dorothy, that's in a week. true. So you Dorothy think it's had, been over a week? I think it's been, like, two or three weeks. Nothing crazy, but, like, it said, like, Dorothy had they've to have a long in. talk with Ozma. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we don't get pictured what no. happens in those days. No, that's yeah. a good, that's actually a really good point. That's a really good point. I think you're probably right. Probably two. Let's say... 10 days. Okay. Okay. 10 days. I'm good with that. Um, so the journey begins. And of course, since this is the Emerald City, their departure is a big oh my God. freaking deal. Everyone comes yeah. out to see them off. A band plays. There's a band in the balcony at the top of the Emerald City or the, <laughs> the Emerald City Palace that plays them off. It's uh, like they're going off to war. They're going yeah. on vacation. They yeah. love making Aunt, a scene. Aunt M says it's a circus. She's like, this is like a circus. But she kind of like, loves it. She does. I mean, yeah. This I is mean, the first time she's them, had a good technically. time. Yeah. She's feeling yeah. very regal. She's feeling very <laughs> VIP. I would like that. Um... But as they approach the gates, the guardian of the gates opens them for them to pass through. And they notice up at the top of the arch. Oh, my God. It's like a magnet there. It's like a horseshoe shaped magnet. And they're like, what is that? So where the fuck is the fucking Shaggy Man? Yeah. He's in the wagon with them. He's coming. Oh, okay, okay. Shaggy Man and Wizard are in the back seat. Good, good, yeah, good. Because he gave the magnet to the Emerald City. And Osmo was like, we'll put it over the door or the what? gate so that everyone who passes through is loved and cherished and the shaggy man calls it out and he's like hey like see that thing up there it's a love magnet yeah i brought that yeah, I brought here. that here myself yeah, you stole As if it he didn't steal uh, it from a woman yeah you woman you stole, woman. You, stole <laughs> from, you stole from like an 18 year old girl you're a thief yeah. you're a crook yeah and oh. but aunt emma's like oh 
how grand. Too like, bad we didn't have that in Kansas yeah. when our house was taken by the bank. Yeah. Maybe if we had a love magnet, they wouldn't have taken our house. Okay, no need to trauma dump well, on everyone. <laughs> but honestly, though, Henry is like, actually, I'm fucking glad we didn't have that because... I'm. I would rather be here than in Kansas. Yeah. Like, it worked out. This is crazy. Uncle Henry, he's like, look at this sawhorse, for instance. Yeah. This is a horse. It's a whole ass horse. It's pulling six people. We don't have to feed it. We don't have to brush it. We don't have to exercise it. Doesn't we do don't have it, to yeah. water it. It's just this Very horse is just pulling us. He's like, Dorothy, does it talk? Yeah, and she's like, yeah, he talks, <laughs> <laughs> but he can't talk and think at the same. Or he well. He doesn't well, like he's to talk working. and think at the same time. Yeah, he's busy. Yeah. He has his own little thought process. So he'd rather just think quietly in his own little head. Uncle yeah. Henry's like, brilliant. Yeah. Love it. That's yep. amazing. That's, Tens that across the board. He wants, te- he wants hundreds of those. Yes. <laughs> so um, He could farm. He could farm sawhorses. Well, he well, he could. They would just need more powder of life. Yeah, I was like, where? Which Ozma could probably create with the, the magic wizard, belt. The wizard Honestly. could probably make powder of We're life. We're going to get there because I agree um, with that. So they exit the Emerald City. The wizard's like, so Dorothy, which way do we go? Dorothy looks at the map that Ozma made for them, and she's like, I guess we're going to keep going straight to get to the Quadling country. Yep, straight ahead. And they have a letter of introduction for Miss Cuttenclip. And you might be thinking, what's a Cuttenclip? Well, the wizard knows. He's like, oh, nice. Glad yeah. I came. I've always wanted to meet the cut and clips. And I'm like, you were the Wizard of Oz for unknown years before any of this you never happened. Saw a cut and you clip? never got to meet the cut and clips. Yeah, you're. You were. Yeah, I feel like people would want to meet you. Yeah, exactly. Right. The cut and clips should have come. The, to who the hell are the cut? No clips. one's ever seen the Great Oz. Even this I haven't even seen the Great Oz. Six or True. book. This book six, right? Yeah. So no cut yeah, clips he's, around. He's just been living in the Emerald City as a guest for like three years at this point yeah now oh, he's yeah. in his retirement he still hasn't gotten out of the cotton so clips on them is like who are the cotton clips and dorothy's like <laughs> yeah okay what's this about she's uh it's insane wait who said this you on M asked oh. who the cotton clips are Dorothy laughs in her face. She's like, oh, if you've never seen a cut and clip, I couldn't even begin to explain to you what a cut and clip Dorothy. is. You're just going to have to wait and Dorothy. see. She's Dorothy. just pretending like she knows, but she doesn't fucking know. She if doesn't she even knew, know. How none, would she know None of that? them have ever seen a cut and clip. None of yeah, them. Yeah, because I was like, I see what Dorothy sees, and I haven't seen exactly. a cut Exactly. The cut and clips have never come to the Emerald City. Like, of the so list Dorothy. of people who have come to the Emerald City, we would have known if the cut and clips had Absolutely. ever come there Dorothy I know the names laughs, of all of them. Dorothy laughs in Onem's face as if she has no appreciation for how traumatized Onem is right now and she's like oh you don't know what those are I couldn't even explain it to you how does Dorothy know what they are if she's never seen them someone explained it to her I know it makes you wonder that does seem like a very like annoying child's answer though it's like I just can't even begin to explain no, this bitch it's is like, almost yeah, because 13. you've never seen it they almost <laughs> sent her away to care for other grown adults children she's old enough she can grow up yeah. yikes sorry <laughs> Sorry, Dorothy. <laughs> so then they're outside the city and they're just going through the, the you know, the farmlands and stuff. But now that they're out of the city, you know, it's like when you're on like the town roads and then you're like about to get on the freeway and then you like really open up and you're going like 60, 70. Let's pick up the pace. The sawhorse starts running. And things we know about the sawhorse. He's fast. He can approach like rocket ships. Do you remember? What? Oh wait, no, it was Jim actually. Jim did go fast. Jim when they went were like so fast the they all bears. almost died. But also like the sawhorse ran out of the Emerald City with everybody oh. tied to his back and into a yeah. river and almost drowned everybody in book yeah. two. 
He ran. He almost ran into the wall of the Emerald City and killed Jack Pumpkin. Oh yeah, that's right. When they got separated. So he's going that fast, and okay. Aunt M and Uncle Henry are like, <gasps> yeah, they're like <gasps> holding on for dear life, yeah. trying to catch their breath. And the wizard's like, hey, slow down there, bud. Yeah, everyone um, is screaming, and the, the wizard's like, slow down. The sawhorse. Must be a vacation. Yeah, <laughs> let's take the sights in. Sawhorse slows down. He's like, what's wrong? The wizard's like, oh, we just want to admire the scenery a little bit. Yeah. Shaggy Man's like, yeah. Emily and Henry have never been here before. Exactly. Let them see the sights. They've been cooped up in the Emerald City. Yeah, give them a breather. So, I mean, they're like lying to appease the sawhorse for some reason. They're I giving mean, a the gentle blow. Yeah. Frankly, he was going too fast. Like, <laughs> no, he that's all there is it's to it. It's actually insane. It's an open carriage, though. If it was closed on top, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. Also, I don't think we mentioned, but this there is like this big belts? red carriage. There's three bench seats in it. Like, it's n- there's yeah there's no seat belt it's a hay there's ride. no airbag yeah this is like this is if there was like carnival rides in the 1650s it's like that it's dangerous Yikes. yeah they didn't they actually didn't have space travel back then but that's what the sawhorse is trying to do yeah he is going <laughs> um, up oh, so but he's he, elon musk yes. <laughs> elon, uh, elon musk sawhorse we'll i was gonna say it. elon tusk but horses don't have tusks do no. they? yeah so the horse agrees to slow down Uncle Henry is like, how can a wooden thing be so intelligent? And all the he wizard, did was slow down. Yeah, he, he just all he did was agree all to he slow, did down. Was slow down. The same thing you're able to do with horses. The yeah. wizard yep. explains, and I know you're gonna love this, that the last time he fitted the sawhorse with new ears, he gave him some sawdust brains to go with his ears. So the wizard sprinkled a little sawdust in the holes for his ears, um, just like what the scarecrow has, the sawdust brains. Um, and these, this sawdust was made from hard knots. So now the sawhorse can think out any naughty problem he's mes- he's met with. Yeah, and then we move past that. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Henry's like so Uncle Henry's like, oh, I see. And on M's like, I don't. And yeah, I'm, like, she, I'm with you. On like, actually, yeah. Quote: Someone's says, being honest. I don't. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I do not. Uh, but eventually, they come to this like big stately building. Like, imagine the state capital at whatever state you're from. I personally am Im- imagining the uh, Idaho state capital in Boise, like that building. But it's this huge building, and everyone's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What's that?" It's the Royal Athletic College of Oz, directed by H. M. Wogglebug, T. E. Okay. So Dorothy's like, "Oh." Let's stop and visit with the Wogglebug. Yep. So pit stop. The sawhorse pulls the wagon up to the front door of the college, and right at the front door, they are greeted by the Wogglebug, yeah. almost as if he knew they he were. He waits out front all day, I guess. <laughs> that's that's his. He directs he's, traffic. He's really not directing the school room. Yeah, um, I do just want to stop to say that he is currently wearing a red and white checkered vest, a blue swallowtailed coat, yellow knee breeches, purple silk stockings, a tall hat, and spectacles. And he's like as tall as the wizard. Yes. That's that's a lot to make in my mind right okay. now. No, it's a lot to digest. Uh, listeners, listen rewind if you need to. Yep. Yeah. Um, Hit that back 15 seconds button. <laughs> smash that back 15 seconds button. <laughs> hey, what's up, Ozhead? <laughs> smash that back 15 seconds button. Um... The Wogglebug welcomes Dorothy and her friends and tells them that he is pleased to receive them at this great temple of learning. And the Shaggy Man's like, I thought this was an <laughs> yeah. athletic He's college. like, learning? It's an yeah. athletics college, which, to be honest, I don't fully understand the joke or what that means. I feel like I don't really get what athletics I college think, means. I think, like, 
he thinks that they're just playing sports all day and they're not actually learning anything. Well, which yeah, is, if it's a call it, I mean, either way, there's some sort of learning. Yeah, they're learning how to be good at yeah. athletics. Exactly. <laughs> um, Dorothy's like, yeah, don't you teach them anything else like reading, writing, rhythmaturk? Um, and the Wogglebug's like, oh, that? yeah, no, they do, but it takes up like a very small amount of their time. They spend most of their time. Follow me. I'll show you. Okay, yeah. I'm coming. So, <laughs> <laughs> so they go to the back of the college, and this is actually kind of like it's it is kind of crazy. Like there's students everywhere playing football, several baseball, hundred students. swimming, rowing. They're playing basketball. They're playing cricket. They're wrestling. They're boxing. They're playing squash, hula, capoeira. They're doing yoga calisthenics they're doing pickleball they're doing handball they're doing wall ball they have volleyball and okay. badminton they're doing okay he added the last like 15 of those <laughs> the book what only sport said, would like, you guys do week. okay i kind of like the crew rowing i, I would i would do rowing too it's just something you don't get to do in normal life you know i could play with almost any other sport but rowing yeah. you got to get in the river for that I'll do beach and, volleyball Oh, Ooh, yeah. They, don't, they had like, highway to <laughs> the danger zone. That's going to be me. Um, I'll be skins. <laughs> yeah, you will. Yeah, you will. <laughs> um, but no, everyone, all the students are having a great time. They're laughing. They're yuck, yuck, yucking it up. Um, the Wogabug tells the gang that the college is a great success, and they're turning out many valuable citizens every year. Dorothy's still not really satisfied. And she's like, okay, but when do they study? Study? What? Dorothy, I forgot. Were you a professor? Oh, yeah, yeah, no. She she can hardly speak any fucking English. Dorothy actually never went to school. Like, why are you hounding on this university's, like, fucking academic? Let them be in charge of it. Dorothy's like, when do they study? The Wogglebug's like, study? Dorothy's like, yeah arithmetic and geography and stuffs <laughs> she does not go to school <laughs> the Wogglebug's like oh well they take doses of those things every night and morning dorothy doesn't know what that means pills they're taking pills uh, they are taking Xanax learning or adderall pills. both and then they do <laughs> real you know quick what? study if, if you wouldn't mind would you follow me to the laboratory of learning? On my way. Right, oh, my go. God. <laughs> clip, clop, clip, clop, clip, clop. <laughs> so the Wogglebug takes them to the laboratory of learning and shows them the school pills. So you might be thinking, oh, the Wizard of Oz is just an old humbug. He can't do magic. He can't do anything. He can invent pills that teach you anything, though. And I don't understand if this is only possible because he's in a fairyland, but he makes pills that when you take them, you learn. They're sugar-coated, so they're sweet. They're easy, they're easy to, to take. Here's the thing. There's algebra pills. Algebra pills you take at night before bed. It's the equivalent of four hours of studying. There's geography pills. One at night, one in the morning. Latin pills, you take that once, three times a day. Um, let's see. Uh, spelling pills as needed. Gra- spelling pills as needed. Grammar pills, one before each meal. Okay, there's a regimen. Dorothy's like, damn, they must take a lot of pills. So they put them in applesauce. And that leads to what, like, why it was saying is like, no, they're sugar coated. They go down, eat spoonful of sugar. It makes me wonder, like, bitch, they're pills. Just swallow them with a glass of water. Like, yeah, why do you need applesauce, Dorothy? Grow up. However, I mean, I didn't swallow pills until I was like 14. 
these people are 14. They're I'm, in college. I'm horrible at taking pills. And also, the applesauce trick wouldn't work on me because I chew my applesauce. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, it's like when people, my parents they sometimes put in a would banana. take pills in yogurt. And I'd be like, oh, like you're going to just like, eat that I'm, yo play with a that, pill in it? No, I move that through my mouth. Yeah. And then it's bitter. And then yeah. you're like, nope, there's a pill in that. Yeah. Too weak. Yeah. <laughs> or they crunch it up to make it into dust. Oh, and then they no. throw it in oh. your stuff. I had to do uh. that when I had swine flu. So the Wagga Bug says that the pills are a game changer because the students, they used to waste so much time studying instead of practicing their athletics. But Ombi Ambi, he hated studying as a kid. So he's like, oh, these pills, great idea. Awesome. Really cool. Um, the Wagga Bug agrees with Ombi Ambi. He's like, yeah, this is the best best college ever because we don't waste any time studying and also our students are fluent in greek and latin and math and geography and grammar and literature and all that jazz fluent in every single one it's fluent in mostly dead languages take me to that college no no (laughs) (laughs) damn it but that is the end of chapter nine how the Wogglebug taught athletics. And Blake, what would you call that? A spoonful of learning. Chapter 10. How the Cutting Clips lived. Okay. okay, let me hop up on the mic real quick. Because they do something that is so them. They decide, yeah. hey, we're going to go on this road trip that could take two weeks. We're not going to bring any provisions with us whatsoever. What we're going to do is we're just going to show up on people's doorsteps and we're going to ask them for food and they're going to feed us in this wagon. Uncle Henry, Aunt M, Dorothy Gale, a dog, a chicken, a shaggy man, a wizard. Ombiambi. Ombiambi. There are eight grown adults and two. Okay. Not and this time bulls. it's all people. It's meat people. It's it, all oh, meat yeah. people. Other than the sawhorse, which is just a horse, all meat. The sawhorse is the only one there who doesn't need to eat. And they're just like, oh, yeah, let's roll up to a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere and force them to feed almost 10 of us. That is insane. And, and Ozma. Top, I mean, that's royalty for you. All Ozma had to do was say, I have a magic belt. Fucking do your you when you're hungry and I'll make it happen. Like, are you kidding? You know, the thing is... There's lunch pail trees. No, no. In Oz, nobody is poor. Nobody is hungry. Everybody does what they want. They only work a half day and they play a half day. So, actually, the people who are helping them, they don't even know they're they're giving away food. They always have the food. So, it actually doesn't even matter. Well, thank God for that. Because around noon, they decide, hey, let's put Ugh. this wagon in front of this random-ass farmhouse. Yeah. And let's go ask for food. And you know what? So... They have a delicious luncheon. And I'm going to let me just explain what they had. So they roll up and they're like, hey, we're getting food. And he's like, I'm going to hook you up. They get milk. Mm. They get bread. They get fruit. Mm. They get wheat cakes. Ooh, with maple syrup. Mm. Maple syrup. And they love that. And that's Dorothy's, most of Dorothy's favorite foods right there. Yeah, fruit bread. Yeah, if they had nuts, she would have been rounded right out. She would have been like, oh, I'm never leaving. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But they rest. They wander around the orchards with the fat farmer who lived there. Why is he going to be fat? 
I don't know. I don't know why he they... lives really well because he only works a half day. He plays a half yeah. day. He doesn't have to pay <laughs> for plays. anything. They said they said pull up in front of the biggest house. That's uh, probably also true. They didn't stop in front of that like rundown house. They were like, <laughs> okay, that one has a quarter mile driveway <laughs> and the house they is four stories. When they were in the yeah. Valley of Vaux with like the invisible people, I felt like they went into like just like the poorest house like they had like six kids they like it needed two to kids eat. they had like seven or eight or nine or ten kids it was giving poverty <laughs> they ate so. a fruit for dinner and we know that <laughs> eventually they finally decide hey we're gonna hit the road there are several like at every intersection there's some sign they finally get to a sign that has a hand pointing to the right and it reads take this road to the cutting clips great that's where we're going they turn right so they at this point we're informed the shaggy man for however long he has been in the emerald city this is the first time he's really been outside of the emerald city he hasn't really explored the land of oz so this is kind of a first for him even he's exploring and getting to know everything yes for the first time um yeah ombiami ombiambi <laughs> belina the wizard dorothy all of them are also like yeah never seen the cotton clips before so dorothy says that if none of them have been there then she wonders what the cotton clips are like let's move back to when she ridiculed on tem for yeah, asking what so this now word. we're asking questions so annoyed so <laughs> annoyed i don't know if i'm mad at l frank Baum or dorothy it seems like he <laughs> wants me to be mad at her yeah um but the wizard's like hey we'll find out soon you know i i've heard they're rather flimsy things though <laughs> hmm. so they're on their way down the road there start to be less houses the road starts to become a little overgrown. They can tell that people don't really travel this way very often. But it's well tended. They can move along. The sawhorse is just chilling. He's walking on his little feet. So they're fine. It's just a little bumpy. But eventually, they come to this big, tall wall. And think think China country, like oh, in yeah. the first book. They're like... They're Unreasonably not, tall. Yeah, they don't have to climb this wall. But it is a big wall. It's painted blue with pink ornaments, whatever ornaments means. And it's mm -hmm. circular, so it's kind of round, you know, like it's it's like that. And they're like, okay, this is huge. This is like, this is blocking off a big space. And like, you know, they can see tops of trees, but that's it. So they don't know what's inside. So they come to the door in the wall, um, which is like pretty short it's not tall enough for the wagon to get through mm -hmm. but they see pasted on the door it says visitors are requested to move slowly and carefully and to avoid coughing or making any breeze or drought drought means draft i, I think learned. it just is pronounced draft d-r-a-u-g-h-t draft yeah i think i mean you must be right because every time they say it i'm like they mean draft but that's just a horrible, horrible spelling. Horrible. <laughs> so but Shaggy Man's like, that's a weird sign. Who are these people? Well, apparently Dorothy knows this all, uh, all of a sudden. And she's like, well, they're paper dolls. Didn't you fucking know that? Pick a lane uh, and stay in it, Dorothy. Yeah, Paper dolls. Uncle Henry, he's like... Paper dolls, let's go somewhere else. We're all too old to play with dolls. Okay. Um, but Calm then... Down. It is his first... It's his first it time is. out. 
doing yeah. you know the there type was, of stuff. He does, there was a journey. wax doll who waddled into Ozma's birthday party and demanded a bubble home. <laughs> yeah. <last time. laughs> There's different kinds of dolls in the land of Oz, and he doesn't know that. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. This is babes in Toyland. He's not baby. quite educated yet. The sky mm-hmm. turns black. Dorothy looks at the camera. A crash of lightning behind her, and she says, "They're alive." <laughs> 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 and Aunt M says, "Alive!" Because <laughs> she is horrified and amazed. Dorothy and- <laughs> is finally just like, "Oh my god, let's just go in." Like, how about we just go in and we can stop talking about yeah, this? Yeah, you'll see but it for yourself. When she says, let's go in, she's actually not talking about Toto. She's like, hey, actually, you stay here because you're actually too crazy. You're the too sign, little dog. The sign said no sharp movements, drafts, or yeah. big breaths. I a dog yeah. cannot He might rip him yeah. to shreds. I, and it'll be pretty yeah. easy as, to do as that. A, as a dog owner. He's a as natural a, paper shredder. As a dog owner, they spend most of their time going... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we can't have that. They're gonna get all moist and crinkly. So the door's too small for the wagon to fit through. So they just get out, walk in. Toto and the sawhorse stay behind. The wizard opens the door, which opens out, which they specifically say. And I was like, why does it open out? But probably to minimize the draft, I guess. I guess so. I but mean, either way, when you open that door, it's gonna go. Yeah, know? it's gonna create a little vacuum moment. Um, but they do open the door and as they walk in, what do they see? A tiny little line of cut out soldiers, just little paper soldier babies. They're wearing brightly colored oh. uniforms or holding paper guns. They're all identical. Um, they're like cut hand to hand basically. Yeah. yeah you know how like kids used to. Yeah. 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 Yes. Like in a cla- kindergarten classroom. Yes, they are mm-hmm. like that. So the only ones who can do anything with their hands are the two on the ends. Oh. Because everyone in the middle's hands are attached. But they all have it's little like paper guns. Human centipede. But oh yeah. It's human centipede by hands. Thank God. <laughs> um, so they all walk in. The wizard lets the door swing closed behind him, which creates a drought draft. That knocks the chain of soldiers over onto their backs. No. And they're just they like, literally hey, just sad. Say, what's the big idea? What's the matter? What are you doing that hey, for? Say, hey. fellas. Why, what, is it, what are you coming help us up, say? And the wizard is like, hey, sorry. Like, I'm really sorry. I didn't know you were so delicate. We're not delicate. We're big, we're strong boys. We're big, 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 strong little giraffe. We're not just getting the back. That's all. They kind of go off. And he's like, <laughs> okay, like, what? But Dorothy's like, okay, let me help you up. And they're like, yeah, thank you. Yeah, help um, us just be gentle. Yeah, they, they say, please be gentle. So Dorothy, like, helps them up. And, you know, she's kind of like dusting off their little clothes. She's helping them and they're being cute. So she's like, oh, yeah, like you guys are like pretty sturdy, even though you're like all paper, like you're just little boys, you're soldiers. Yeah, it's interesting because like from the side, you can tell that they're paper thin. But from the front, they just kind of look like people. But they're also mm-hmm. tiny. But like, they're tiny. They're little babies. Mm. Um, interesting. Uh, interesting. And these... So- Sorry, question. These are the cutter bombers. Cut and clips. <laughs> the cutter bombers. But you're right. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but Dorothy tells him, she's like, hey, sorry about all that back there. Um, We have a letter of introduction from the Princess Ozma to Miss Cut and Clip. And one of the soldiers blows into a paper whistle. Paper whistle. And a paper captain <laughs> comes out of a paper, paper house. Captain. 
paper house and approaches <laughs> them and approaches them uncertainly he, on paper legs yeah he's <laughs> he moves so awkwardly that dorothy laughs and he is nearly knocked over by dorothy going ha ha Oh he, my <laughs> god, that is just too much. Yeah, he's like, take care, miss. And there's like a gale force wind blowing into well, his no mouth. No wonder no like, one comes that goes and sees yeah. them. Well, seriously, yeah. He's like, You're breaking the rules, you know. You shouldn't be laughing. Yeah. And she's like, How would I fucking she's know like, that? I did not know that. No. <laughs> and he's like, No, laughing is as dangerous as coughing, and you'll actually have to breathe very quietly now. Dorothy's like, you. Okay, that's fine. I can do Why that. Why did the wizard want to come here? I know. He well, probably Ozma really sent them. Ozma made their whole itinerary. Well, but the wizard always wanted to. Oh, he was excited. Because yeah. yeah. they're like, curiosities. They I are. I, uh, yeah, I guess I'd be kind of He wanted curious. to sneak a couple. He wanted the shaggy man to steal a couple in his big pockets. Yeah. And then the With wizard could force them into and his little pocket little circus, circus show. Yeah, he's like, now there's nine <laughs> of you. That's as many pigs as I used to have. <laughs> I'm going to cut, cut, cut. <laughs> um. But so Dorothy's like, yeah, sorry, I'll be more careful. Can you just take us to Miss Cuttenclip? And he's like, certainly, it's her receiving day. Come, come. So they go along. Along the way, they see paper trees that are painted beautifully. They see cardboard paper houses. Oh, little vines, quote, growing on all the little paper houses made out yeah. of paper vines. Everything They're looks, really cute. Everything looks almost real. But when you look, like you can tell it's just paper. Yeah. Um, but it's gorgeous and everyone loves it. The How people, many trees do they have to cut down to make the city? That's interesting. That's a question. And we'll, we'll get, get to, to the that. paper of it all. No, we will get to um, the paper of it all. But uh, the people come out or like they look through the doorways or they look through the windows and Dorothy can see like the women are like wearing these like beautiful fluffy gowns that are made of like tissue paper that you would like put into a gift bag, you know? Um, so there's just all sorts like cardboard, thick paper, thin paper, like there's all kinds of different types of paper, but they're using it flawlessly and they all look gorgeous. Um, there's bootsing the house down boots. They're bootsing (laughs) the house down boots. There are some paper people in the street who all run into their houses when they see Dorothy and her friends coming by because they're like, oh, those big yeah. people are going to have They've a been breathed Things on before. Things don't get blown away. Yeah, yeah. like, we I have to it. go inside. Yeah. That's yeah. not safe for us. And as they're walking, the captain is like, excuse me, if I go edgewise, and he's like, kind of like, what do you call it when you go like, oh my God, in PE, you'd be taught how to do this. Bear in, crawl? No, you're standing up and you're going like, Sideways. Who made you do that? No, that's my PE teacher taught me how to do it. I have to talk to him because that's not allowed. (laughs) Actually, my teacher was a woman, so you're sexist. So anyway, they're going side, (laughs) but no, it it's called side steps or side gallops. Mm -mm. Oh, is it like a workout? Just a way to walk sideways. Okay, that's why he did it in PE. I did not realize what he meant by edgewise, so I just fully left it on my notes. I was like, I'm confused by that. So that makes sense. He walked up sideways so he wouldn't catch a draft. Yeah. Yeah. He's oh. cutting through the air because he's all thin. When he walks sideways, he's a piece of paper. When he walks frontways, he's also paper and he catches the air. So mm. he doesn't like that. So he's walking sideways. And he's like, hope you don't mm-hmm. mind. And they're like, no, please, like, walk how you want. We literally don't care. Just take us to Miss Cuttenclip. That's actually why we're here. Then they see a paper boy. At a paper pump. Oh my god. Pumping paper water <laughs> into a paper pail. Belina accidentally 
bumps him with one of her wings, and the paper boy with the paper pail with the paper bump and the paper water goes flying. The paper pail spills the paper water. The paper pump crumples. Yeah, they crumple that pumple. <laughs> I didn't realize we were in a speech class. So. <laughs> Moses supposes yes. his toes are roses. <laughs> Literally was in my head. <laughs> so Belina realizes, like, after sending that little boy flying, she's like, oh, my God. If I flap my wings, I might knock the whole village over. The paper captain is like, please do not do that. <laughs> if Miss Cut and Clip saw that you destroyed her whole village, she would be so distressed. This is gi- this definitely is giving like the China the dainty China. It is so dainty China. Because everyone country. was just nervous when they were there too. Everyone's nervous yes. here. I They're like, like please, the, why are you guys here? You're ruining reaper- everything. The repercussions are less because like it's you, not glass. You break a China doll, they shatter into several pieces. Yeah. But like and also they don't have a lion with them, thank God. Yeah. But it is like it is such similar vibes, especially with that high ass wall. Um, so Ombi Ambi, in response to the captain being like, "Oh no, it would distress Miss Cut and Clip if you destroyed this village." Ombi Ambi is like, "Aren't all of the women here Miss Cut and Clips?" Which is insane. Why would you ask that? Yeah, weird thing to ask. Yeah, the so captain, all women are the same. Yeah. So hmm. we're all cut and clips, therefore all of our name is cut and clip, and we're all Miss. <laughs> no. Um, but the captain explains, he's like, Miss Cut and Clip is our queen and our creator, and while all of the girls are cut and clips, they have regular names like Emily and Polly and Sue and Betty. Yeah, individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Women are individuals They're too. In- yeah. Yes, and they have normal names like Bet and Molly and yeah. Kitter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Betty and Sue and Polly and Molly. Um, Onem loves the land of the cut and clip. She's like, I used to make paper dolls as a girl and play with them. So excited to see them all alive. And Henry is like, yeah, but like, M, this isn't that crazy. I mean, we're literally here with a talking hen. Like, this yeah. is nothing. <laughs> so the paper captain is leading them up to a cottage. Finally, they arrive to it. Paper captain tells him, hey, we're here. This house, it's beautiful. It's made of, what would you guess? Wood. Oh, you Sorry. didn't get to guess? I would have said paper. <laughs> you would have said paper, wouldn't you have? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> my, guess, my guess was wood. And that, and you would have been correct. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. In the Emerald City, this wooden house would have been considered a small house, but in the land of the cut and clips, it is immense. Um, there's real flowers out front. There's real trees. And the sign on the front door reads, Miss Cut and Clip. Okay. Not very interesting. It's a pretty straightforward it, It's actually Miss Cut and Clip with a period. Uh, like oh, yeah, so it is. So interesting. <laughs> <laughs> no one else. <laughs> Um, As they approach the front door, it swings open. Standing in the doorway is a little girl about Dorothy's age. The little girl smiles warmly, and she says, You are welcome. (laughs) Everyone is gagged to see a real girl in the land of the cut and clips. Okay. They thought she would be paper. 
She, yes, she's a meat girl. They thought she'd be a paper girl. She kind of looks like Alice from Alice in Wonderland. She's got blonde yeah. hair, blue Golden eyes, hair. cute little dress, white apron. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But she's she's like dressed to work. Like it's like she's been working in like the workshop all day. And okay. she has a pair of scissors in her hand. Oh yeah, and she goes you are welcome. Mm-hmm. Are the paper people welcome? Because I don't think they like scissors. <laughs> she cuts them all up. Oh, so but like in a good way. Yeah. All right, we'll find out. Dorothy's like, <laughs> hey, um, can we please meet Miss Cuttenclip? I am Miss Cuttenclip. Come inside. Yeah, so she asked them in. But she's actually really nice. We characterize yeah. it as being strange. Yeah, she holds the door open while they enter her home. It, they enter into like this beautiful sitting room. It's littered with all kinds of paper and scraps on the table. There's like several pairs of scissors and paints and brushes. Okay. Miss Cut and Clip busies herself clearing paper scraps from the seats. And she's, and she's like, like tidying up. Yeah. She's <laughs> like, oh, please forgive me. Sit down. I, I'm sorry for the mess. I don't get a lot of visitors here in my workshop. And Dorothy's like, do you make all the dolls? Miss Cottonclip tells her, she's like, yeah, I cut some, I paint some, I dress some. Uh, she loves her job. And mm-hmm. Onem asks Miss Cottonclip, how did the dolls come to be alive? And she's like, they weren't always alive. So Miss Cottonclip reveals, the big reveal, that the first dolls she made were not alive, but she used to live near the castle of a certain great sorceress. A sorceress by the name mm. of Glinda the Good. Woo! Oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's not who I was expecting. Were you thinking Mombi? I was. Yeah, I don't know why. I almost said it as a joke, but I thought <laughs> you would believe it. It seemed believable. <laughs> I <No. So>. Glinda, <laughs> Glinda loved Miss Cut and Clip's dolls. Before, like, before she was making them alive, she was just cutting them out. She was just having Glinda fun with Glinda loved them. And Miss Cut and Clip told her, she was like, oh, it's my greatest wish that my dolls would be alive. Yeah. Glinda delivered Miss Cut and Clip magic paper called live paper next day and told her that it will bring anything that she cuts out of it to life. Also live paper. She's like, hey, when you cut this out into a doll, it's going to be alive and be able to think, be able to feel, be able to experience life. Like, Is it a live while? I, it's cut gro- it? I know. Exactly. Uh, it's yeah, kind of gross. Good- and when when they came in and she's like cleaning away all the scraps, I'm like. Are those just like, like the are all the scraps? Like, please no! Yeah. Please, we're not being used. Yeah, I, I could be a flower or something. Being, yeah, please. make me confetti, please. <laughs> yeah, that's so um, fucked up. So, uh, Glenda also told her, like, yeah, whenever you run out, let me know. Get you more. Yeah. So Miss Cut and Clip, she started making living dolls, but she noticed while she was still living right next door to Glinda, that the slightest draft would make all of her dolls fall over. They couldn't interact. They couldn't live a life. So Glinda decided, hey, I found this lonely place in the land of the Quadlings for you where you won't be bothered. We'll build tall walls around it where the wind can't blow. And you and your paper dolls will be safe here. So she told Miss Cut and Clip that she could go there. She could build a paper village and she could be its queen. Miss Cut and Clip agreed, and she's been there growing her village for many years now. Remember, this is a little girl, maybe the same age as Dorothy. So, Aunt M, okay. 
is like, wait, many years? Like, what do you mean many years? Like, yeah. you're just literally a child. Yeah. And Miss Cuttencliffe is like, well, actually, I, <laughs> I'm laughing. <laughs> I never keep track of years. Years? No. I don't grow. I just stay the same. She's like, on M, I'm probably older than you. Yeah. <gasps> the wizard is like, what happens when it rains in your village? Well, Glenda Fair. keeps the rain away. So it oh. never rains in the land of the Cuttenclips. Um Miss Cuttenclip is like, oh, would you guys like a tour of the kingdom? As long as you move slowly and carefully. They agree. They take a tour. Everyone is super impressed that Miss Cuttenclip created this entire place using only a pair of scissors. Um, and at one point, they even come to a group of beautiful paper dolls who greet Miss Cuttenclip enthusiastically. And they all like march and dance around and perform a song called The Flag of Our Native Land. They also pulled out handkerchiefs somehow yeah, and they started did a swinging whole, those through the air. A whole show. This is Disneyland. It is Disneyland. Yeah, it is. Um, after the song, they hoisted a paper flag up a flagpole and all just cheered, but they couldn't cheer very loud because they didn't have strong voices. Which I guess explains how they never knock each other down. I don't know. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, uh, don't give me well, started on the whole no lungs, no speech thing. Yeah, because that's almost like giving Scarecrow body horror. Oh, it exactly. is. But I'm like, it's is their faces like painted? Yeah. Yeah, they're painted But so is his. And they don't move. So is the Scarecrow's. So there wouldn't be any breath. Yeah. No. Hmm. But Miss Cut and Clip is about to deliver a speech in response to the song and dance. But just then, something happens. Something windy. Something violent. A tornado? That's actually an interesting prediction. It's happened before. What you hear is up here. You hear a... <laughs> Achoo! No, yeah. who did it? Shaggy man. No, I knew it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It would be him. <laughs> he made a breeze, a gust, a vacuum, and a wind by making a How big many old deaths? sneeze. 20 of them. <laughs> Dead. Burned. Burned up. We don't know how. And they were all school children. Yeah. Stop. All young. No, actually, none of them died, but they were pretty fucked up. A lot of them got crumpled. They were flying through the air. And Miss Cuttenclip is like, oh, dear. Oh, dear. And she's like trying to like get them all. Um, there were like three cardboard houses that fell down. She's like, nobody go in there. Do not go in there. I will build them again. Don't go in there. Oh, and she takes care of people her are town. terrified. They're screaming. <laughs> all these little paper dolls are just like crying, <laughs> running around. They just wanted and to put on a cute little show. They do, yeah. And Dorothy's like, "Oh, Shaggy Man, like, how could you?" And he's like, "Dude, I sneezed. Like, he, forgive he, okay. me." Okay, he's but like, "I couldn't help it. I didn't know it took so little to send them all flying." Which I don't know what, how he, he can't read. I don't yeah. know how he didn't know that because we've all been told that about twelve yeah. times. I knew but, that, um, and I'm not even yeah, there. But Hannah he, didn't he was even he read he the book. He <laughs> was like, "So little a thing. How could I know?" And Dorothy was like, "So little." That was the biggest sneeze I've ever seen in my 
fucking like that was like when my house got lifted into the sky by a tornado i have never seen a sneeze that big in my life shaggy man like she scalded yeah. him and he, frankly he deserved it yeah. and then dorothy goes give a heads up you know when a sneeze is coming yeah see okay that's the thing that gets me i'm like he couldn't have just turned into a cuff yeah like, turn away from and the like known where he was exactly. but that's a man for you dorothy is going around she's doing cpr she is helping all the little paper people stand up again she's putting cardboard houses back together she's like doing the recovery work that we needed and they are like let's just go we have to go <laughs> yeah it's very hey we just broke a church in the china village now we're gonna leave yeah and a princess yeah we made God a princess's bless. cow kicker um but yeah mrs cut miss cut and clip is like, oh, hey, you know what? Any friend of Ozma's is a friend of mine. You're all welcome back anytime. Try not to sneeze. Um, and she leads them to the door in the wall that they came through and back to their wagon. And while she's walking them out, all of the other cut and clips are inside their houses, staring through the windows, horrified. <laughs> L. Frank Baum says the cut and clips never forgot this visit. They never <laughs> forgot the Shaggy Man, and they were glad to see the meat people go away. Oh, meat people my God. go away. We will never see them again, I guess. Meat people go away. 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 Meat people. That was fun. That was good. And that is the end of chapter 10. How the cutting clips lived. And Blake, what would you call that? Me, people go away. The sneeze heard round the world. Start of revolution. Hachoo! <laughs> Chapter 11. How the general met the first and foremost. So as you remember, when Guff went to meet the Gollywog, the Gollywogs? Gollywogs. Growlywogs. Growlywogs. <laughs> I don't know. So I said it like Guff I knew. went to meet the Growlywogs, do you remember he was walking through the Ripple Land? And like the, it would be oh, yeah, valleys yeah, yeah. and plains and valleys or, plains or peaks and valleys and peaks and valleys. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has to go back that way yeah. after he being has to tortured. Go <laughs> um, so he's walking past across the, the Ripple Land again. Um, it's not easy because he's ruminating on the torture he endured at the hand of the growly wags, growly wags, um, and he vows to get vengeance on them after he's finished using them to conquer Oz. Okay. So everyone's got a little plan. for a little flow chart here. <laughs> we have the growly wags agree to help the gnomes, and once Oz is conquered, the growly wags will take the gnomes. Now we have Guff, who is saying, the Crowleywogs agreed to help me, and once they do, I'm going to kill them. So what happens when you put evil and evil together? Chaos. Chaos. Bedlam. Mm-hmm. Um, after a while, the Ripple Lands start to give him motion sickness. He's getting seasick. Yeah. It's rippling about underneath him. He's on a boat on the ocean, and he's like, actually, like I might be a naughty little gnome, but like, <laughs> <laughs> and I am miserable, but like, I'm going to get to the end of it. And then he does. Um, so once Guff makes it to the other side of the Ripple Land, he decides to head west instead of going back home. But then a squirrel. <laughs> so you might be thinking, well, okay, what kind of animals are there around here? There's a squirrel. Perched on a tree. Yeah. The squirrel sees him. 
and he calls out, Look out! <laughs> but he paid no attention. Just keeps walking. Not even a little. Then, an eagle. Yeah. An eagle. <laughs> an eagle. Okay. Flying Again, in the air. An eagle. Could you say it two, three more times? An eagle. An eagle, an eagle. An eagle. Eagle. <laughs> but it's flying through the air. It looks at him and it says, Look out! But he won't. The band played on. Mm-hmm. Guff is doing something either very brave or very stupid. Because going west can only mean that he is on his way to visit the Phantasms. Who live at the very top of the dread mountain of Fantastico. Whoa. The Phantasms yeah. are fantastical. <laughs> Fantasms of Fantastico. Yeah, say that five times fast. Wait. Okay, wait. Start again because I actually want to say it. It's also P H Phantasm of P H Phantasm. Phantasm. Phantasm of Fantico. Fantastico. Phantasm of Fastico. No. Phantasm of Fantastico. Phantasm of Fantastico. Phantasm of Fantastico, Phantasm of the Batico. Okay, <laughs> she, can't she do cannot do it. <laughs> so we learned that the Phantasms are herbs and are dreaded by everyone, mortal and immortal. No one has gone near the mountain of Fantastico for several thousand years because these guys are so scary. They're terrible. Scarier and than the witches. Scarier Even than anybody, scarier. apparently. Yes. General Guff is like, okay, like hopefully I can just get them to be down on war against the people of Oz. That's worked a couple of times in my past. So like I'm gonna really try. But he also knew that they're like super dangerous. So he's pretty worried. Yeah. So about a third up the way of the mountain is the boundary line for the land of the Phantasms. Um, it's this deep gully that's filled to the brim with red hot molten lava. It's a big moat, a big moat of lava. All the way around the mountain. Yeah. Now, this lava, it's full of fire serpents, which, as we know, are horrifying. Scary. And then it's also full of, oh, even greater than the fire serpents, a poisonous uh, <clears throat> salamanders. What? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I like to play salamanders in the river. But yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar with salamander as like a mystical like creature. No. You know? No. They're just cute little slimy things. So salamanders are associated with fire. Salamanders are like fire spirits. That's in, why they're red. Yeah, and why they're in the lava here. And yeah, why yeah. they're in the lava in this book. I just meant, sorry, in real life. Oh, in real life. Mm-hmm. No, that's not why they're red. Oh, but okay. yeah, they are fire, they are heat, they are spirit. And that's all of it. So this heat that comes from this gully, it's so hot. And the odor of the sulfur and the magma is so stinky Mm. birds don't even fly over it and this is where sorry just to get myself back on track we're with guff 
were with Guff. Okay. And Guff. he, like, after being tortured by the, the Growlywogs, He's on he hasn't, bench. he has not had He's enough. He's upset. He's like, let's go to an even scarier group of people. Jeez, he just wants to get fucking. He's insane. Yeah. He's, honestly, doing, he's doing too much. So, um, like, there's nothing living beyond this gully. There's nothing alive because birds won't even fly past it. Like, there's nothing. But Guff has been around long enough. He's heard that there is a bridge that crosses this lava flow. So he just starts walking around the mountain until he finds the bridge, which he does. It's a very narrow bridge. And on it is a scarlet alligator just laying right in the center. Scarlet. And he appears to be asleep. I wonder if the scarlet alligator is just a salamander who got too big for his britches. No. (laughs) Nope. You're getting crazy. That'd be cute, though. But he is big and cute. (laughs) And red. And scarlet. But Guff, he starts to approach the bridge. And, like, while he's doing so, you know, there's, like, a lot of, like, lava rock. And he accidentally kicks some over and makes a little bit of noise. The alligator opens its eyes and stares right at him no once it realizes oh he's just standing right there he's not coming on this bridge closes its eyes goes back to sleep and guff is like excuse me uh uh, i don't mean to hurry you but are you going up or down neither yeah (laughs) he's like oh are you gonna like stay here for a long time a few hundred years or so okay uh, and so Guff is like, so do you know whether the first and foremost of the phantasms of Fantastico is at home or maybe he's not? Oh, I would expect he would be home. He always is. And then Guff does something, frankly, inspired, but a little tired. And he's like, <gasps> who's that coming down the mountain? Look over there. Yeah, he, oh he points into gosh. the distance. The he distracts him. Looks over its shoulder. Guff does like that thing where like he leaps and then he like steps on the alligator's back and keeps jumping, you know? <gasps> oh my yeah. gosh. He jumps, clears the bridge by hopping off the alligator's back and he's like, Neener, 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 I fooled you, I fooled you. And the alligator's like, Great. Let's see what the first and foremost yeah. thinks of that. He's like, How else you get you need to get Yeah, he's like, Maybe you fooled yourself actually. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you maybe you're actually in a bad place. This might have been the easiest spot to get past, but let's see how mm-hmm. the next one will be. Yeah. Yeah. Guff is like, challenge accepted, turns around, walks. Okay. Yep. He's on um, his way. As okay. he's walking up, he realizes how scary this place is. I mean, even the rocks and trees look like frightening monsters. Mm-hmm. Um Suddenly, a man with the head of an owl appears. Or a man isn't even the right way to describe it because his body is huge and muscular and as hairy as an ape's. And the only clothes that he has on are a scarlet scarf that's tied around his waist. And he has this long, big, hard club. That he holds in his hand. <laughs> his eyes are round, blinking fiercely. And he says, so, What are you doing here? What are you doing here? <laughs> That's what he says. So I'm picturing like head of an owl, but like probably 10 times the size an owl's head would ever be because owls are yeah. like not that big. Yeah. Um, and then the like the body yeah. of an ape 
without like the big protruding butt. Like they don't like lurch forward, yeah, but just w- stand upright. Oh, it has like long arms or something. Yes, I'm, I imagine them being like seven feet tall. Uh, do you know in which is um, only one foot taller than in me. like Family Guy when Stewie's teddy bear like has like the body of a lifeguard? No, I don't know that. Okay, don't I worry don't about actually. it. Don't worry about it. But um, the owl man is like, yeah, what are you doing here? Grandishes his his club. And Guff is like, uh, I'm here to see the first and foremost fan phasm of Fantastico. And the Owlman's like, oh, yeah, you're gonna see him because he's gonna decide the best way to punish you for being up here. You're gonna see him. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. you're on your way, buddy. Guff is ultimately like, hey, spare me your threats. Treat me with respect. Shut the fuck up. And take me to the first and foremost. It He's, works. Okay. It works. And Al Frank Baum it's a tells brave us, man. Al Frank Baum, uh, he is brave. And, and Al Frank Baum tells us, like, Guff is smart. Guff is brave. And it's really too bad that he didn't decide to do good in the world because he would have been a really effective leader. Yeah. It's like, he could have been a really good guy, but he was bad. He's a bad, bad boy. Yeah. So the owl and man, he did good. The Owlman turns and leads him up the mountain, and they get to the top of the mountain. And at the top, it's flat, and all around there's these heaps of rock. But the the heaps of rock are actually like their dwellings. So as you pass by them, you can see like, oh, there's an opening in that one. There's an opening in that one. Mm. So they're just basically living in these like kind of like stalactite caves. It's like caves, kind of. yeah. It's kind of giving Gnome King esque. Yeah, it is very right? similar, but hot. But hot. It's kind of hot, <laughs> yeah. Um, Steamy. But no one's seen outside of the rock huts. There's not a sound. And the Owlman led Guff to the rock hut in the center, which looked nicer than the rest, for whatever that's worth. Then the Owlman growls something that sounds like, (laughs) Suddenly, another big hairy man shows up. (laughs) But this one is a bear. No, I'm kidding. He has a bear head. (laughs) (laughs) And he carries a big brass hoop. Um, So it's like a bear head on top of this big ape hairy body. Um, And he's like, why have you captured this man? Why did you bring this thing here to us? Like, and the guy's like, hey, I didn't capture him. He got past the alligator. And he said, hey, I'm going to go address the king of the phantasms, phantasms. So I came yeah. here. Done. So the bear man, who is the first and foremost phantasm. Phantasm. Anyway, Guff is like, no, here's the thing. I'm the chief general of King Roquat, the Red's great army of gnomes. I have no plans to die today. Um, how about this? Sit down, shut up, and listen to me. What Guff didn't know is that the first and foremost was reading his inner thoughts while he was staring at him because he's that powerful. 
He has many magic powers that we have not yet known. He also didn't know that the the rock heaps that that Guff was like, oh, these are their little huts. They're just like these little like mountain people. Um, those were just deceptions. He was actually standing in the midst of one of the most splendid and luxurious cities ever built in any real land or fairyland. It's all an illusion. The fan phasms have such incredible magic that walking up, Guff thinks these things, they're not true. Guff sees what they it's want. It's all him an to illusion. See. Yeah. He Everything sees what they in front of his eyes see. is an illusion. Wow. Yeah. Tricky. We it's got so some tricky ones. Actually, it's insane. So all that Guff has seen are the owl man and the bear man and the rock heaps because that's all the fan phasms would allow him to see. So the first and foremost fan phasm stares at Guff. That big brass hoop he was holding in his hand. Yeah. He just throws it around Guff's neck, drags him inside the hut. Yeah. Drags him by the hoop. And that's how you do it. And then it gets pretty fucking crazy from here. Creepy. So all that Guff can see is this dim light. And all he like from the dim light, he just sees like the inside of the crude rock yeah. formation. If that you he was walked into. inside of a rock, it would be pretty dark, you know. Yeah. But so he can't see much, but he can hear things. He feels it. He's hearing voices. He's hearing laughter. He's feeling eyes staring at him. He knows that there are tons of other fan phasms in there with him even though he thinks he's in like a five by five space yeah he's actually like he can tell he's in like a great hall because he can hear all the voices he can hear the echoing he can like feel them staring at him no um the first and foremost laughs removes the hoop from guff's neck and he's like okay say why you've come here Mm-hmm. Or else I will strangle you to death. And he hears like other fan phasms like hee 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 ho, ho, ho. echoing laughter. But Guff does a great job here because <laughs> he speaks out. <laughs> but he know like he knows he's, still he's putting his foot down. He knows that what he's seeing isn't what's actually around him. So he chooses to just stare the first and foremost bear man in the face he's like i'm just gonna look at you and talk to you as if you're the only one here because i don't want to show all my cards um so he tells the first and foremost the gnomes the gnome army's plans to capture oz and when he finishes the first and foremost cracks up laughing but while he's laughing Guff can hear all these other fan phasms laughing along with him all around him. The first and foremost, who, as we know, is reading Guff's mind, is like, who else has promised to help you? The whimsies. And again, the king of the fan phasms is just cracking up. And he's like, any others? Only the Growlywogs. At this point, they're all rolling on the ground laughing, which honestly is kind of crazy to me because all these people are insane to have under your, like, you know, I'm helping you list. But the magic that the fucking 
fan phasms have even isn't saying yeah they're like we why would we even care about that they yeah. can't handle it so that finally like so what's in it for us and guff's like oh you can have anything you want as long as it's not the gnome king's belt everything <laughs> changes here yeah so they laugh <laughs> laugh laugh they are rolling on the ground laughing the first and foremost stands up and he says oh these blind and foolish gnomes how big they seem to themselves and how small they really are he grabs guff's neck lifts him up into the air with one hairy paw he drags him out of the little like stone hut and out like into the open he starts to scream basically yeah guff starts to scream well both they both the phantasm probably both but at least the phantasm at the minimum he starts to scream these strange cries and all of the fairies are out there with them yeah all the other phantasms appear they all have the huge hairy ape-like bodies but they have the heads of different animals, oh. uh, yeah. birds, reptiles, you name it. It was very dark tower. So um, the first and foremost raises his arms. All of a sudden, this little shimmery, glittering thing kind of moves down his body. And he's a beautiful woman. Oh, clothed. In this big gown, it's pink, it's gossamer, it's like beautiful. Just flowers in her hair. Dark hair with flowers, yeah. And then in that moment, the glitter moves everywhere, and all the other phantasms transform into a pack of howling wolves. They're running now, all over yeah, the place. And they're just they're just circling him. Guff is standing in the middle, and there's it's insane. So the first and foremost raises their arms slowly again, and the wolves become lizards. And the first and foremost is a late a beautiful lady. Now they're a butterfly. Yeah, they <gasps> they change to a giant butterfly and they go <laughs> guff. <laughs> guff is like yeah. covered in lizards and it's freaking Ew. out. Tries to scream. Suddenly they all appear again in the original bodies that they had worn at first. The first and foremost stares down at Guff with the little bear head and the big ape body and is like, do you still demand our assistance? He was Guff, just like, this is our power, man. Honestly, this is the only time I've ever had any respect for Guff because Guff is just like, yes, hunty, please. More than ever. Wow. Yeah, wait, sorry. What was your translation? Yes, hunty, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what did he actually say? More than ever. Yeah. Um, but the force, the first and foremost is like, what are you going to offer us that we don't already have? We are the most powerful creatures in existence. And they are. Like, from yeah. what they just showed me for the last two seconds, they seem to be. Yeah. Um. So Guff realizes just how powerful the Phantasms are, but he also knows they're quite evil. So he tries to pander to that. And he's like, look, I can promise you the joy of making the happy unhappy. You can take pleasure in destroying innocent and harmless people. 
And the first and foremost leans into his face and he's like, right answer. Yeah, he's like, you know what? I just so wanted into this. Any answer you gave it to me, we love making people unhappy. Go home, tell your king that we're down. And yeah. when the tunnel's How done, we'll be there. How are they going to defeat him? So the thing is, I know. the phasms would have gone and destroyed Oz sooner. But now this talk of tunnels dug underneath the deadly desert, they're like, well, howdy fucking do. Oh, Let's shit. go. The Phanphasms are like the most powerful thing we've ever seen in these books. They're so powerful that I'm actually shocked they need the tunnels. Yeah. I, they should just I be have should be able to fly. Be if they're able to just turn into a woman and then a butterfly. They turn can, into yeah. butterflies and fly over the desert. I mean, Mombi. Okay, here's the thing. Mombi turned into a griffin, but that griffin didn't fly across the desert. That griffin ran across the desert. But you know what? Mm. Griffin didn't die when it ran across the desert, did it? That's true. <laughs> there was no problems with that. But I'm, yeah. I'm dubious about this desert. But yeah, the Phanphasms, they promised to aid in the destruction of Oz. They said they would have done it sooner if it hadn't been for the desert. And the Owl Man leads Guff back down the mountain and tells the alligator to let him pass safely. Because I wondered that when he jumped over the alligator's back. I was like, well, that alligator's going to get you on the way yeah, down. Yeah, I was like, alligator? Damn, they bitch. Made, they made sure someone was there to say, hey, alligator, leave him alone. Um, now... Here's an interesting thing. Once Guff is gone, the true city of the Phanphasms appeared on the mountaintop. The city is gorgeous. It's pretty opulent. All of the Phanphasms are immaculately dressed. They don't have animal heads and eight bodies. They're just gorgeous people wearing gorgeous clothes in a gorgeous city. Yeah. It's all very, I'm magic now and you're not. (laughs) Uh, But the thing is, they are down to destroy Oz. Yeah. That is like... Guess that's all I need to hear. All they care about is destroying all the good in the world. That's what they're made for. Everyone has left them alone for like several years because they're so scary. Several thousand so they years. Don't, like, they, don't have with ac- they don't have access to anyone. They don't yeah. know what's going on. They don't yeah. need they just, anything, They though. just got a free invitation. To so do they're like, what they love okay. to do. We'll help the gnomes destroy Oz. Then we'll destroy the Whimsies. Then we'll destroy the Growlywogs. Then we'll destroy the gnomes. Then we'll ravage and annoy and grieve the whole world. They're on the same world as us, by the oh way. Oh, yeah, that's right. That yeah. is right. They're going to just wait till they go to Australia, and <laughs> then they're going to be here. And... That is the end of chapter 11, how the general met the first and foremost. And Blake, what would you call that? Oh, honey. Guff's fanphasmic folly. Nice. Thank you for listening to Oz Hour. Please join us next time as we continue with chapter 12, how they matched the fuddles. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Oz Hour Podcast for latest on everything Oz. Oz Hour, created and hosted by Blake Stone and Wyatt Swingham. Co-hosted by Hannah Aguirre. Audio production by Charlie Johnson.
Theme music written and produced by Rudy Klobus. Cover art by Valentin Lucas.